Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus said, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Trinity Sunday. I read this week, someone had said it's the only Sunday in which we don't celebrate a teaching of Jesus, but rather we celebrate a teaching of the church. Because uh, Trinity, while we get the understanding of it from the Bible, it is not a word that is used within the Bible. It is a concept that developed over time to help people understand how do we talk about God? How do we understand who God is to us, our relationship to God, and what God has done for us? And so like much things within the church, it hasn't undergone without a bit of controversy, right? A new idea, people have disagreements on what it means, and this is one of the oldest disagreements of the church because it started way back in the 2nd and into the 3rd and 4th century as they tried to understand who God is and how God relates to one another. And so as that understanding developed, I don't want to say there were two primary ways, but there are two really schools of thought in which people tried to understand who God is or really how God relates to God's self. Because we do have scripture in which God is talked about as a father and a son and a spirit or the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer. And so there's really this early on controversy focused on the relationship between the father and the son or the creator and the redeemer. And uh, we all know the Nicene Creed, or you've heard of the Nicene Creed, right? That was written in about 325 A.D. in response to this early controversy that was going on. And it's because of this early controversy that the first roots of Trinity Sunday were established. And so it is always after that first, after Pentecost, that first Sunday, it's like now the Spirit is given, we kind of have this as much of a full revelation of God that we can have. And so we talk about, here is the primary understanding of who God is. And so a little bit about that early disagreement. There was someone named Arius who thought that the Father and the Son, the Creator and the Redeemer, were not equal. But instead, the Son came from the Father. It was, the Son was the first of the creation, which means you could say there was a time when the Son was not. Not everybody always agreed with it, 
particular another man named Athanasius. Has anybody ever heard of the Athanasius Creed? Sure. <laughs> Be glad we don't recite it very often, if at all, in church. It is extremely long because he wrote it too, right? Stress his point, so it goes a lot more in depth. But the Council of Nicaea was brought together by uh, um, the Roman emperor at the time to try and, or by trying to have Christian unity, and so the Nicene Creed was developed to try and bring that about and to squash the understanding that the son and father were not equal. One was subordinate to the other, but instead were together. We're one in the same. So if you notice in the words of the Nicene Creed, you might be able to recite them with me. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, eternally begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. Right? Went on quite a bit there. Because it was done in response to this early controversy that the Father and the Son weren't equal, but one was subordinate to the other that the Son was part of the creation. Our understanding is that the Son is not part of creation, but the Son is, was, has always been. And so because of that, we have the Nicene Creed, we have Trinity Sunday, in which we do our best to understand who God is. Now, if there's some of you there wondering about, what about, about the Spirit? Don't worry, there is a controversy about the Spirit also. That is in 1054, known as the Great Schism. And had to do with the Filioque. I'm sure you all know what the Filioque is, right? It was inserted into the Nicene Creed. And the Son is what it means. Talking about the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. We're not going to get into that now. But hence we have Trinity Sunday. And so we celebrate our understanding to the best of our ability who God is, how God relates to God's self, and how God relates to us. Now, always understand, as soon as you put words on to describe God, at some level you will be wrong. We are trying to describe the indescribable. We are trying to use something that has limits, language, to describe something in some way, is limitless, right? So there was a meme, I shared this on Wednesday night, that I saw a friend of mine who's a pastor put on Facebook. Don't try and describe, I'm going to get it wrong, but this is essentially what it was. Pastors shouldn't try to describe the Trinity because they'll get it wrong. Just show pictures of cats instead. (laughs) So I'm not going to try and describe the Trinity, but instead I want to talk about the scripture and what it means for our faith, because there's something I found really interesting within the scripture. The spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does that mean for us today? What I find interesting. Initially, you might think this is talk, Jesus talking about there are things that are going to happen, particularly him being crucified, that you're not quite going to understand yet, but you will. And I think there's a legitimate reason why we could be talking about that, because this is happening, according to John, on the night in which he was betrayed. It is happening on that Maundy Thursday night. That's a big portion of what John's gospel is, 12 through 16, 17. Jesus is doing his teachings. 
Except when the Spirit is given is after the fact, after Jesus has already been crucified and risen, right? That's what the end of the Easter season is, which means I think Jesus is referring to the Spirit is coming to continually further our understanding of what it means to be children of God and what our understanding of God is and what faith looks like in our life. That we should never come to the point where we think we know everything. Nobody acts like that today in our world, do they? Nobody in the sanctuary ever thinks that, right? Instead, how do we continually leave ourselves open to a new understanding of who God is or how God might be revealed to the world? Church is full of controversies, so I can use one of them. You guys know who Copernicus is, right? Anyone remember Middle school or high school science, Copernicus is known for what? I should look at the uh, physics professor over here at UNH. Do put you on the spot with Copernicus, Jim? Some guy, perfect. Copernicus is known for, right? This, uh, at early on, Earth was thought to go around until you get Copernicus who comes and says, wait, I got that backwards. <laughs> I was wondering, you guys weren't too confident in that. Jim, I really needed your help here. Before Copernicus, it was thought the sun and the moon go around the earth. Copernicus comes along and says, no, it is the other way around. The earth is what goes around the sun. How did the church react to that early on? Now, we look back at it and we think, are you kidding me? Isn't it obvious? And what's interesting is that those Christians, when it first came out, would use Scripture to justify that it is the sun and the moon that goes around the earth, not the other way around. In fact, their own Martin Luther is one of those people that was very resistant to it. Another early reformer, John Calvin, also was very resistant to it. Is that they would use Scripture from Joshua, Joshua 10 specifically, in which there was battles going on. The Israelites are going into the Promised Land, but... Unfortunately, uh, we don't always like to admit it, the promised land was not exactly empty. And so, so there was fighting going on. And Joshua prayed to God so his uh, people could continually fight to stop the sun and the moon so it would continually be daytime out so the fighting could continue. So we have these church giants <coughs> using Scripture that no way would we use it for in that way today, right? We'd say, Joshua, he was not an astronomer, right? He was not an astrophysicist. He didn't know. He just had that understanding at that time, and so that's the language he was using. We look back, and we know better. Our job as people of faith today is to ask ourselves what is continually being revealed to us that will challenge our understanding of who God is or the way the world works. But the Spirit is leading us to have a new understanding of these things. That it is not simply as the Bible says it, I believe it, that ends it, right? But rather, why was it said then? What is it saying about today? And what are we learning about the world today that might challenge our previous assumptions? And that maybe the Spirit is guiding us into all truth, into new truth. 
about who God is, about who we are, and about what it means to have this call placed on our life today. There's no controversies going on in the church today, right? That is also not to say, well, that sounds good, let's just go ahead and do it, right? Just be willy-nilly about things. But to understand why might these new understandings be taking place and to understand why are we afraid of change to begin with? Where is it really rooted in? And is it still necessary or is something new occurring? What is something new happening? You think about the time in which Copernicus comes along and says the earth goes around the sun. There's a fear in there like maybe we're not as important as we thought we were. Aren't we the center of all creation? Just because the earth goes around the sun, does that mean you have lost your worth? No. The scripture still points, and this is where the gospel is in this. This is what doesn't change. You are loved. You are accepted. You are are forgiven. If we truly understand those things, I think then we can truly be open up to new truth, to understanding who God is, how God relates to the world, how God relates to God's self. You know, what's interesting about this passage, also it's, it's Father's Day, so it's okay to celebrate the aspects of God that are um, maybe more male, and we've done that when it's uh, Mother's Day also. But to understand that God is really neither male nor female. God is God. And both men and women are created in God's image. All people are created in God's image. But we're talking about this in our uh, Wednesday morning Bible study here. As you go through this, the spirit of truth comes when he will guide you into all the truth. For he will speak on his own. What's interesting, so then, spirit of truth the pronoun used later on is he, him. You know what's really interesting about that, though? In the Greek and in the Hebrew, when you have the word wisdom or spirit used, you know what gender it is? Female. But yet, it was chosen to translate it here, in this case, as masculine. Why is that? It was written by men. <laughs> Because there's fear behind it. What is the truth? God is neither male nor female, but men and women, all of creation, no matter what, are created in the image of God. How do we let that reflect in our lives, in the world? How does that push some of us that might be made uncomfortable by it? How does that push some of us who have been ostracized by it. This is the challenge of faith. This is what it means to be called as a follower of Christ, to have this claim placed on us. It's to not to think we know everything, as if the Bible is complete. The Bible may not be added to, but it doesn't mean the story is over. And so we're trying to figure that out. So a phrase that I've used continually um, is, the more I learn, the less I know. Anybody else feel that way? Oh, my gosh, which is so frustrating sometimes. The more I learn, the less I know. And 
doesn't that help us broaden our understanding of God's love? That it is bigger than we can comprehend. Larger than anything that we could put language on. That is the story of Scripture that continues today. And that is what we're trying to figure out as we move forward into God's future. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.